Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Rooted Deep, a podcast featuring Reba Bowman and Allison Hale. Podcast. This is Reba Bowman. I'm here with my good buddy Allison Hale. And uh, you know, we are excited just to pour into your life today. I hope as we kind of pour into each other's lives. Uh, as we think about this podcast, maybe you're new, you've been looking for a new podcast and you you found us and what in the world is rooted deep and what are we talking about here? I think Allison, for us, as we um as we try to invest in each other and in the lives of other people, it's really talking about where you planted. And what you knowing that where you plant your life is going to result in what comes from your life. You know, what, what is, what is birthed out of your life? Right. And our, our inspiration passage uh, for this podcast, for the title rooted deep is someone. And it's one of, it's one of my favorite chapters because it does very clearly state what somebody who's rooted deep is and what, mm-hmm. what it looks like and who they run with and who, how they behave and what they, and what the results are, what the fruit is. Right. But yeah. then also what a person who isn't um, mm. rooted deep or who isn't what that looks like and where they're hanging out and where they're um, and what, what happens as a result. And it's just, I what six or seven verses. It's a very yeah. short chapter, short but passage. it's very, it's very deep in the promises of here's what it looks like to be rooted deep. And here, here, here's what the fruit looks like and, and, and where is it going to go? And I think that's, that's why we wanted, as we're continuing to talk about these things, we always try to end the podcast with a stay rooted deep, or if it's an interview, we ask, you know, the person what keeps them rooted deep. And, and so many times it's, it's rooted in community uh, in in mm. Bible in accountability and there's so many times when they're constantly talking about, hey, reading the Bible, my daily devotions, or those yes. type of things are are what our interviews, even before we tell them, hey, Rooted Deep is this, they yeah. already have, the people that we interview are already Rooted Deep um, mm-hmm. in so many ways. And uh, and they do reflect that from Psalm 1. Yeah, absolutely. And I think all of us, we want a successful life. You know, I, I you know, you don't, you don't encounter too many people across the you know, planet who are like, no, nah, I just want to be a failure. You know, right. I mean, everybody's like, yeah, I want my life to have a success at some level. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is one of those key passages where it says, man, if you want to have a successful life, this is what it mm-hmm. looks like. Yeah. And so I figure if, if I've got a mapped out formula by the God of the universe on how to have a right. successful life, uh, yeah. maybe I should follow that. And so yeah. that's really yeah. what this podcast is all about. So as we've kicked, kind of kicked off a new series on what it looks like to live out our faith and put it in action on a, on a daily basis. This is super practical. You know, we kind of talked last week about really how practical this is about just living out our faith, trying to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And what does it look like to be a believer in a world, which we're going to really kind of dive into a little today. What does it look like to be a believer in a world that is really not accepting Mm -hmm. of, uh, a believer, not accepting necessarily of what you believe or what the Bible teaches or what your life is founded on. Right. And, and I think that as we, as we are talking and, and, you know, entering, we're now in 2024 and Mm -hmm. we're talking about these things and, and we can look back and where it's, I've, I've never wanted to be the person who said, Oh, when I was a kid or, 
back in the, you know, back in the, the old days or whatever. But I, I think we all know that society, societal norms are changing. Yeah. They are marching in a direction to where, like you said, um, being a Christian, um, being God fearing, uh, an evangelical, all of those words, whether it's, you know, some of those words are no longer, um, they're definitely not popular. They're definitely not yeah. the, the standard or the norm anymore. Um, and, or, and having an absolute, uh, having an absolute formula for the way you live your life mm -hmm. is not, is no longer, um, the norm. It's, it's also, it's one of those things that's weird now. And I yeah. think, um, and, and it's like, you don't want to be like, Oh, the good old days or when I was a kid, but yeah. that's, that's where we are. No, absolutely. Cause I remember growing up, you know, especially in the South where I grew up, North Carolina was my hometown. And, and, you know, it, everybody had a, a sense of Christianese, mm -hmm. if you would. Now that doesn't mean everybody was saved or everybody, you know, loved Jesus, but there was a Christian value or a Christian mm -hmm. morality that kind of hung around the, the town where I grew up yeah. and kind of cloaked over, which what that meant mm -hmm. in translation is that the majority of people showed up to church somewhere on Sunday. Right. And yeah. maybe not every Sunday, but man, they were there a couple times a month at least. Mm -hmm. So they're, you know, they considered themselves churchgoers, right? Right. Yeah. Um, you know, there were certain words you didn't say in front of a woman when mm -hmm. I was a kid, even the, even the worst, uh, yeah. you know, the guys who talk like sailors, they would watch their language in front of mm -hmm. women or, yeah. you know, um, there were just certain kind of under, understood things, mm -hmm. uh, that kind of, uh, even, you know, kind of how you felt about certain sin or mm -hmm. how you felt about sin in general, sin, you know, yeah. people were pretty clear there's a wrong and there's a right. Mm -hmm. Um, and obviously over time we've watched those lines be completely blurred yeah. and we've watched confusion set in mm -hmm. and we've watched people, you know, just really, it, it's crazy to me sometimes Allison to think about this because it seems like the philosophy of today is the more blurry you make the line, right. the more clear things will be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The more everybody fits in, the more everybody, you know, right. And, 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 and we know that's just not true. Yeah. Um, you know, there are absolutes. Um, and I think one of my, you know, I think one of the Jesus in Matthew was talking to his disciples and he said, you know, I'm, I'm the light of the world, right? We know that mm -hmm. verse, but, but yeah. that, the rest of that verse that follows says, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. But we'll have light. Right. So, um, I think we have, we live in a world that's getting darker and darker and darker in so many ways. Yeah. And so Jesus has given us this promise for those who follow him. It says, look, if you follow me, even though the, it gets really dark out there, you don't have to walk in darkness. And I think that's a huge promise for us. And I think it's an encouragement for us to say, you know what? It is possible for me to live out my faith. It is possible for me to put my, live out practical daily life and be a follower of Christ, even though it's difficult and hard and dark. Yeah. And we, we, we mentioned this last week when we talked uh, about this uh, verse, Psalm 119, the mm -hmm. nine through 11. Um, and even one of the verse 105, that word is a lamp unto my feet and a yep. light into my path. In other words, when we are at the moment of, okay, what we don't have to, we don't have to guess what, what darkness, darkness versus light, even though it is, it's, it's almost, it's here in society today. I feel like it's a moving target. What's right today is wrong tomorrow. And what's wrong today <laughs> right. is right tomorrow. Yeah. And the, and the good guys on TV are actually the bad guys and, but mm -hmm. everybody's still rooting, you know, rooting for them. And 
But if we go back to these simple biblical principles of uh, the, how do I direct my path? How do I direct my life? And yep. it's, and it's very clearly in scripture. It is, it is a scripture. And that is, that is the light that we will have, but we, and we are promised we're not walking in darkness. We're not walking through this world blindly, but right. we need to understand that there is there is light and there is darkness. It's no mm. longer. And I think we all like to say, oh, we live in a gray world and everything, but um, mm -hmm. that's not correct. You know, 100% of the time, it's not correct most no. of the time. And, um, and we're talking about biblical, we're talking about biblical principles and biblical truths. We're not talking preference here. We're no. not talking about the things we're talking about actual, you know, doctrine, truth, truth is truth is truth. Right. Um, absolutes. And, mm -hmm. You know, and the, these absolutes. And I think I was watching a TV show a few months ago where an older woman was explaining, this is what happened. And she said, and that's the truth. And the, and the other one was like, well, we can't really say you, I don't want you to use the word truth. And, and then the old lady was, you know, she was like, well, no truth, truth is not, you know, is not a moving target. And right. the younger generation was like, yeah, but we're going to try to stay away from those type of aggressive words like truth. And right. it was an interesting, the, the old, because she was an older educator. She was a professor uh, right. on this TV show. And she's like, no, you can't treat. And she was arguing, they were arguing what truth is and the value that truth has. And the younger generation is like, yeah, that's an aggressive term. The word truth. We're not going to, we're not going to, we're right. gonna, not going to use that word. And it's like, no, 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 no. That's truth is truth is truth. Right. You know, you can't change yeah. it. And no. it was an interesting, and I, I showed this clip to Gary because I was like, this is, this is a conversation we have all the time now. Mm -hmm. This is, this is the fight that we have all the time. So right. how do we, how do we move in and function in a world where that is no longer when, when we don't, when most people don't want us to have our compass out anymore. No, exactly. Yeah. When truth is considered an aggressive word and right. absolutes have been thrown out the window because mm -hmm. we don't want to a offend, or we don't want to yeah. be, uh, you know, we just want to let everybody kind of do what feels right to them. And of course, mm -hmm. you know, a couple of years ago, it was, you know, it, whatever is your truth. Right. Yeah. You know, and, um, and so, you know, as we, as we speak into that, I think, going back to scripture, because that really is our guidepost. Mm -hmm. uh, we go back to this great story, a great yeah. man of, uh, in the Bible, Daniel. I think of Daniel so often when I think about living in a hostile environment, right? Because that's kind of, honestly, if you're a follower of Christ, you have to understand that as we get closer to the return of Jesus Christ, the Bible says things will get worse and worse. And if yeah. that's the case, then then it's not going to get better. It's only going to get worse as we move forward and we understand that that the clock is ticking, the enemy knows it. And so there is a an onslaught to try to say, okay, let's wipe away truth. Let's blur, make yeah. everything blurry because we want people to live in a state of confusion. We don't want them to, to have clarity. Uh, right. Because clarity brings peace and it brings direction and it brings all of these things. We don't want that. We want people mm -hmm. to feel like there is nothing that's really clear. And if that's the case, I live hopeless right. because my well, target is always moving, as you said, right? Right. And if you think about um, even in James, here we go again with James. Here we go again. Uh, a a double-minded man is unstable mm -hmm. in all his ways. Somebody who doesn't know the truth is not going to be standing firm. Mm -hmm. If somebody is standing firm, it's a lot harder to move them 
if somebody is rooted or standing firm, mm-hmm. it is a lot harder to move them into the direction that I want because they're saying, but if they're floating around or unstable, or if you st- stick them on a, it's a lot easier. I just think about it, it's a lot easier to move a refrigerator when it's on wheels than when it's just like heavy, yeah. you know, on the floor. And even when we take, when we take, um, I took a self-defense class a little bit ago and they were talking the very first thing you do if you're getting attacked, most people try to run and jump around and bounce. Mm-hmm. And that's the easiest way somebody can grab you is if you're, if you're, um, if you're running or if you're jumping, you know, you, cause you get nervous, but uh-huh. they were like, just, just stay low, get as low as you can, even almost like squat to make yourself like just legs spread and, 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 and bend your legs a little bit. And that creates your center of gravity goes down. And then it's harder to pull you along if you're, you know, and again, and that's what we're saying when we talk about these faith, this, the truth Mm. issue, or if we're talking about the absolutes issue, if you're jumping around and you don't know what to believe, or if you're unstable, that double minded, it's easy to grab you into any direction. And, And that's where, that's where Satan and, you know, society is like, oh, they're, you know, they're not, they're not rooted. Um, but if you, if you stop and you're firm where you're standing, it's a lot harder to move you. Absolutely. And, you know, we're called, you know, I, I think many times we think, well, why, you know, why are we having to go through this? Right. You know, why is, why are things hard and difficult, but, but Jesus has called us to be salt and light in a dark world. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so we have a purpose here. And I think, you know, if we go back to, is it hard? Well, yes, it's hard. Yeah. I mean, that's not, that's not even a go. That's not even arguable point. Yes, of course Mm -hmm. it's hard, but it was hard for the disciples in Jesus day. It was hard in the years after Jesus rose from the grave and resurrected and, and went back to, I mean, it's been hard. Every, every generation has had its own hard and on difficult travel through this. But I think for all of us, we got, we have to think, okay, wait a minute. What, what do I value? Mm. What do I believe? What are the non-negotiables in yeah. my life? And and I think we have to know those things. And where should we get those things from mm-hmm. is the word of God. So I think even to have this conversation, how do I live my faith in action? Well, if you don't even know what you believe, yeah, then it's impossible to do that. Right. Because you're going to, like you said, you're just going to be smacked all over the place with every yeah. wave and, and every new trend and every new mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. And you're going to be like, oh, well, maybe that's the way to go. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, being real, being committed yeah. and, and, and believing that, you know what, I believe, I know this to be true. I'm standing firm on this, even when I don't feel it, or yeah. even when I don't see it, or even when I'm not sure, cause that's where the faith component comes right. in, you know, yeah. without faith, it's impossible to please God, mm-hmm. but faith is working without sight. And that's right. a, scripture teaches us that. So this is not, oh, I have all of these, you know, rewarding moments that I just know no, 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 no. It's a lot of times this is walking in, in unsurety of, of what's next. Mm-hmm. And yet the surety comes in what I know to be true. Right. So yeah. See, we're, we're going back. We're using all of these words and re- mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you've caught them yet, but man, we're repeating these words like truth and faith and, and all of these words. So I think to kick us off, we're, we're yeah. going to take a few moments and we're going to look at this guy named Daniel who mm-hmm. lived in an extremely hostile environment. So he's you know, if you don't know his story, I would encourage you to go read his story. It, it's in the book of Daniel, it was an Old Testament book, and it's in the first couple of chapters that you'll really find Daniel's story unpacked. But here's this young man, uh, a Jewish young man, and the 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 country of, or the, the 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 people of Israel have been overtaken, mm-hmm. and they have been conquered, 
And so the ruler comes in and takes the best of the best mm-hmm. and drags them away to Babylon. Yeah. And to and, serve there. Yeah. So, so now Daniel has left family. He's left friends. He's mm-hmm. left what he's known, where he grew up. And he's basically being taken hostage to another country yeah. that is pagan, that is idol worshipers, that, um, I mean, they, it's, God, it, yeah, godless. Yeah, yeah, I mean, a godless. <laughs> so this is the total opposite right. of where he grew up. Yeah. Um, they have no, they have no respect for the Jewish culture or the mm-hmm. ways they, they live tradition out. Their goal, the Bible is clear. Their goal was to actually change these young yes. men who mm-hmm. had promise and potential in leadership to indoctrinate them so much yeah. to, they would throw away their Jewish heritage. They mm-hmm. would throw away this, this concept of their religious ideas and they would embrace the secularism and the Babylonian concepts so that they could become wise Babylonian rulers and leaders. So yeah. the whole goal is we're going to take you, kidnap you, bring you over here. And, in, and we are going to brainwash you and indoctrinate you, like you to do something else. Right. Exactly. And I think it keeps it. And, and I, what I love about Daniel and what, what we're trying to say here is you have to have your roots down first before the storm comes absolutely before the trial comes and i've told this story i've said it before do you know that the biodome that created all of the all then i think i use this i use this so much but there was a biodome that that would grow a huge tree and inside that biodome was everything that tree needed to function but every once in a while you know after a while the tree would just fall over because inside the biodome, even though there was all this nu- nutrition, there was no wind. And so no wind created that root system. Mm. And so after a while, the, you know, the, the tree would get so heavy that it would fall over because they weren't creating this adversity, yeah. this wind. And, mm. and so sometimes I feel like we're all, we wait too far before we get mm-hmm. our roots down. Then we're like, oh, here comes the struggle now. I really need to get my roots down. That's not the time. And you'll see in Daniel, Daniel made a decision ahead of time. He knew what was coming. And so he made certain decisions before the trial and the test was going to come. And I think that's really important. And I think that's, that's kind of the core for me of the Daniel story is he made a decision beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it was, it's just the, Daniel was serious about his faith. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was serious when it was easy. Yeah. Um, you know, or maybe it wasn't as easy, you know, it was a lot easier in Israel than Babylon. Right. But he was serious about it then. And that seriousness carried over to, and gave him strength and confidence in these really, really hard moments when all of a sudden he finds himself, um, not somewhere way far away from the, the palace in a field, uh, becoming a, a harvester. Okay. That's yeah. not where he found himself. He found himself under the King's nose on yeah. a daily basis and under the King's tutelage with all of these, these people who were over him and their, their job was, we're going to convert you. That's, that's yeah. our job. Mm-hmm. And so Daniel's finding himself in a high profile, high scrutiny position. And honestly, I, I just think Allison, as we think about him and we relate that to our own lives, the easiest thing to have done would have been to say, you know what? I don't really have a choice here. Yeah. I don't really have a choice. I'm going to have to 
compromise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm really going to have to just, I'm going to have to compromise uh, on my, on my faith here because I'm in this situation that makes it impossible Mm -hmm. to live out my faith. Right. In this, in this, in this world. And I'm sure the Lord will understand. Yeah this situation I'm in, he really knows my heart. Yeah. Okay. And he, he knows that if I could, I would. Right. Yeah. I just can't. Yeah. Or it would be actually, maybe I can help Israel more if I, you know, and you can, you can really justify it. It's, it would be better if I did fit in because eventually I will, you know, be able to be in a position to help my, my, my kind. And so you can, ju- you can, yeah. you can all kind of wheel the, the wheels naturally turn toward compromise. Mm. The wheels naturally turn toward fitting in or for toward justification. Right. And so. it would be easy yeah. at different times where he could have said, it might be better if I did. I mean, like you said, the Lord knows my heart. I'm not in a, I don't, I'm not in a position to, to, to really yeah. say no. Right. No, I, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I think that that would have been the easiest that would have been mm. the easiest thing for him to have done yeah. uh, much, much easier than fighting back or, you know, uh, coming up with a plan or in um, your, in your, in your case, eating vegetables for three years. Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> which is, which, which is what <laughs> we what he had to do. Oh my gosh. That was to me, that was the worst thing he had to do right there. Right. So, you know, so understanding the, 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 the Israelites way of living, they mm-hmm. had eating restrictions. Yeah. And they had different protocols that, and it was a part of their worship. Yeah. And the reason it was a part of their worship, it was because this was what God had given them. And if you go back and you read, you know, the books of, 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 as you go through Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy, and you begin to read these, what God gave the children of Israel for, for their time period. And a lot of these things were protecting them, keeping them healthy, doing all these kind of things. But he had a way, they had a way in which they lived and, and they believed this is the way that honored God. So mm-hmm. now he finds himself being asked to do different, to eat different, eat different. Yeah. To, to, you know, look different. And, and, and there's already, there's some things, I, ironically, there's some things he accepted mm-hmm. and there's some things he fought back with, right. I, you know, they changed his name. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, from Daniel. Uh, to Belteshazzar, I think is the mm-hmm. way I would, we would correctly pronounce that. Okay. Right. Um, and so it doesn't seem like you don't see anywhere where Daniel said, no, I'm sorry. I refuse to be called Belteshazzar. I won't answer yeah. to that name. I, I, yeah. I just won't do it. Right. No, apparently he goes along with the name change. Yeah. But his daily provision was what was called the King's meat uh, and the King's drink, which we know was wine and apparently was maybe, I don't know, it could have been beef, could have been pork. I'm not really yeah. sure what he no. was getting served. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but whatever it was, Daniel knew it would defile him according yeah. to what God had given him to do. So when you yeah. read, you get to, I mean, this is chapter one, you get to verse yeah. eight and mm-hmm. it says, but Daniel purposed in his heart mm-hmm. that he would not defile himself with the portion of the King's meat, nor with the wine with which he drank. Mm-hmm. Therefore, so here's Daniel's purpose in his heart. I cannot yeah. do this. I, yeah. I can, my, you can change my name, mm-hmm. but I can't do this. Yeah. And so he understands that there is, there's a point in which, you know what? I can, 
I can go along with a name change. I, but yeah. I can't, I can't do this because this would be sinning against God. Right. And yeah. so he purposes in his heart not to do that. And so now what do you do, Allison? You know, here you are in a pagan world in in a world that doesn't care about what you believe you're being given actually, I mean, if you think about it, we're, he was being given pretty nice stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's the good stuff. Right. I mean, if, yeah, he's if, not if chained up in a cell, yeah. right. You know, he's not yeah. chained in a cell giving, you know, a nasty rations. This guy's being given high end food to eat according mm-hmm. to the Babylonian, uh, right. you know, guideline. And he doesn't, and, and Daniel's going to say, all right, you know, um, I can't do that. Yeah. That's, and that's so he it, said, yeah. I requesting. Mm-hmm. And, and I love this, his approach. He requests. Mm-hmm. So um, he goes to this guy who's in charge and he says, uh, I can't do this. This would defile me. And, and what I love, Allison, is the, bio, the next verse, before it tells us what the, what the guy in charge says, the yeah. next verse says, Daniel had come into favor mm-hmm. and tender love with mm-hmm. this this prince who was yeah. over all of these guys and so here this is really striking to me daniel had built a positive relationship with these people in babylon who had kidnapped yeah. him drug him over here and were now responsible for him mm-hmm. he had built a relationship with these people yeah. so when it comes time to have this conversation and it's pretty yeah. quick yeah because you know he's eating Okay. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, this is a pretty quick thing. And this is what I think, Allison, is just a great place for us to start and and part for two seconds here. And that is if we're going to live out our faith and action, it means that we do have good, strong, positive relationships with people who don't believe like us. Right. Exactly. And that is, and there are certain things that you have to do to, to, to establish these relationships. And one of it is just basic kindness, right? basic, not walking in going, I'm right. You're wrong. You're all, you know, you're all sinners and and going to hell and I'm sorry for you, you know? And I feel like we see that so much. Um, it's it, but establishing these godly, just godly loving relationships with people who aren't like us or who people who don't believe like us, because yeah, these it's because when the time comes for a conversation, that's just preparing the soil. Or even if they say, Hey, you're different, you're kind, you're empathetic, you're, you know, um, something, there's something about you, you know, and it's not going to be because you, you know, because you're so unkind and judgmental all the time. It's because you've shown love. Mm-hmm. Oh, exactly. You know, I feel like so many times we expect the lost world to act like a saved world, right? Even though they don't have the Christ in their hearts. Right. And then yeah. we get mad at them when they don't. Yeah. And we, we hold them to this standard that, that we're barely, that we can barely yeah, we- do ourselves. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I think without the power of the Holy spirit, a, a person can't look like Jesus. He's not going to act like Jesus and we sure don't want him to fake it. So yeah. I think for us as, as people who live in a world that is not accepting of the truths of the Bible and the ways of Jesus, I think for us, it still means we still build relationships with people. Mm-hmm. We're still, yeah. like you said, we're kind, we're loving, but we're also, we have this element to understand they don't, we are a puzzle to them. They yeah. don't understand what in the world we're saying or what we would mean. And so therefore the way we have an opportunity 
to share with them the hope that is in Christ is because we build these relationships with them, whether that be the people you work with, the people that live in your neighborhood, or whether it's, you know, somebody at your gym or a hobby that you take up and they're a part of that, you know, no matter what it is, it's really important for us to living our faith in action in a world that doesn't receive Christ is building relationships. We ought to be the people that walk in a room and, and a lost world's like, man, I love that guy. Yeah, exactly. I feel safe around them or I feel, I feel yeah. kindness coming from them or I feel, you know, I can, I can, I can be myself around them or I can, I can share, I can share my thoughts to them when they're not going to you know, be unkind. Um, and I, Absolutely. so many times, and we've heard this over and over again, like the, the you know, waiters and waitresses all over the place, tell it, you know, Ugh, say yeah, I know what, you're getting ready to what say. a horrible, what a horrible group of people, churchgoers, like the worst hour yeah, Sunday of their is the week worst, is Sunday, yeah. you know, the mm-hmm. Sunday afternoon. And then it's like, mm-hmm. wow. And, but, and that's, that's, that's also, it's almost our culture now don't, mm-hmm. because you hear it I, I hear it all over the place. I hear it all the time and I've seen it in action really. Um, but that is not the way. And, and other times when, and, but because I think sometimes we just talked about truth. Sometimes um, some of us have such a strong belief in right and wrong and which translates to our personal rights uh, or our personal that we will that, you know, we push it and we think we're, we're pushing justice and truth. And what we're really doing is we're just, you know, we're just being unkind, yeah. you know? And, and so I think that that's one of the, that's one of the things that we need to, the very first thing we need to do is be, is look at our relationships and how many times, how many people in our circle don't know Christ and what, what, what does Christ look like to them? If he's, if they're, if we're, if we're the only representation, um, mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago, the president came through San Pedro uh, and they knew he was coming through San Pedro. He's doing this big, big thing on the, you know, on the dock, he's restoring uh, the dock and port authority down there by the river. Oh, nice. and so it's, we're excited about the project, but beforehand, of course, a few hours before there's police and uh, state troopers that are set up Yep. preparing the way for the president to come. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so of course they show up, we've already parked at the church. He's going to be driving down that street in front of the yeah, church. Yeah. Cause it's right by you. It's mm-hmm. right by us. And so it's, this is all good, right? We're excited about the project, but we didn't know it was happening until we got there. And then we were like, Oh, there's policemen and they're telling us to move the car. Now these guys, I, they were super low on the totem pole. And so they're sitting there, they've got their coffee in their hand. They've got their uniform on, but they're kind of like, Hey, y'all are going to need to move your car. And, and then just stared at us. And, um, and, and I was just like, well, I'm, you know, and so of course some of the other workers that, that had their cars there, they're like, well, that's rude. You know, what's going on. And because I followed social media, I was like, oh, that's right. The president's coming. And so I started asking the guy, uh, you know, but he was just a horrible representation <laughs> of his boss that was coming later, you know, because yeah. I was like, you're not really preparing us for this, the excitement of, and we're not, you're, and, and so I got back upstairs and everybody's all upset that they had to move their cars and, and everything. But I'm like, guys, I just want to say one thing. I said, are those guys are a horrible representation of the president coming in about an hour and a half. They were super unprofessional. They were unkind blah 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 you know but they still had the right to say move your car you know but I said so think about it spiritually and all of you know everybody's like okay here she goes but I was like honestly 
if we're the only person that's trying to prepare the way for the president coming, or if we're the only person who's trying mm-hmm. to say, Hey, you need to know our boss is coming and he's, it's going to be awesome. And then we can't be like those guys. We have to be. And so Rachel, you know, she was like, Oh, that'll preach. That's really true. You know? And I was yeah. like, that's yeah. just a really good reminder. I know it was Absolutely. annoying to move your car two blocks away, but remember if we're the only representation of who Christ is. Yeah. And even though we have the truth and we have, we know what these people need to do, yeah. but we're saying it in an unkind way and saying, you're wrong, you're wrong, stop. You know, mm-hmm. they, they're not saying, hey, this is going to be great for everybody. The president's coming. You'll be outside and he's going to roll down his window and he is going to ra- wave at you, which he did, by the way. Um, it was, but at the time he, and, and it just reminded me so much. If we're the only, if we're the only representation of Christ that people are going to mm. see, what are they looking at? And how are Abs- they being prepared? Yeah. No, absolutely. And, and and what, you know, here's the thing. I think many times it's our spirit. And I think what you yes. just, what you just rolled up and packed up for us there is just the fact that our attitude and our spirit at, at so many times as we step into the situation, understanding that many times that person we're looking at, that person that we're, that we don't understand why they would mm-hmm. think that way, why they would act that way, why they would behave that way. It is such, it's such an antithesis to the way we would believe and think and act, right. but understanding that person is hurting and they're yeah. broken and they're mm-hmm. confused and behind the tough guy veneer mm-hmm. that, that is in front of us is this person behind that who is, who is lost and doesn't yeah. know. Yeah. And And so I think sometimes in our living out our faith, as we watch Jesus just demonstrate this so amazingly. If you read the gospels, mm-hmm. here's Jesus and he's encountering all these different people from all these different places and all these different locations. And some of them love him and some are concerned and questioning him and others are actually despise him. Um, mm-hmm. And when Jesus encounters them, he's so much the same. Yeah. He shows love. He yeah. shows kindness. He's, um, you know, he, he is gentle. You know, you say, yeah, "Yeah, but he threw out the money changers and uh, yeah, he did, you know? So there's not, there's not saying that there's not a time when you're like, okay, enough is enough. And we've got Mm -hmm. to, we've got to have strong, a strong action here. But so many times we, we're so uncomfortable. And Allison, I think this is a lot of what it is. We're so Mm -hmm. uncomfortable in that situation in front of people that don't think and feel and believe like we do. Yeah. And we're so afraid they're going to ask us something we don't have answers to, or they're going to judge us in some way that it's just easier to hold up with under the Christian dome, if you will. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and we don't, we don't ever make those relationships and connections and we're not salt and we're not light and we're not right. doing what we're called to yeah. do. And so I think Daniel obviously was forced into this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he didn't have a choice. He was there and he had to do something in this situation. But I think it's so cool that Daniel built this relationship with mm-hmm. this guy in charge and he gained favor and God gave him favor and love the Bible says mm-hmm. with this guy. Yeah. So that when Daniel goes and says, Hey, look, we have a problem. Mm-hmm. I can't eat this meat and I can't drink this. So I have a proposition. What I would like right. to do is I would like to ask you to bring me vegetables and I would like for ask you just to bring me some water. And I would like to ask you to change my diet and let me eat according to the diet. And of course the guy that's in charge is like, look, I fear the King. 
And if I give you that, and then I bring you in front of the King and he looks at you and you look all scrawny and, and look like you're wasting away, he is going to have my head. Okay. Uh, he's going to take my head because this is my job. And Daniel is like, look, would you just give us 10 days? Yeah. Give us a trial run. Yeah. So not only is Daniel kind, he's building Mm -hmm. a relationship. He's asking, but then Daniel is willing to say, let's try to find a way Uh here to make this work. Okay. Yeah. Let's meet us halfway. Right. Yeah. Would would you give us 10 days? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, would you, he, uh, Daniel's understanding this guy's scared. He's going to lose his life. Right. right? And so, you know, Daniel's not crossing his arms and belligerent. Daniel's Mm -hmm. attitude is here. Would you just give us 10 days? And if in the end of 10 days, uh, our countenance is different. Yeah. And um, then we'll talk about it again. And so the Bible tells us that this guy thought about it. Yeah. And he said, okay, I'm going to give you 10 days. But at the end of that 10 days, if, if you look sickly, we got to, we yeah. got to stop this. Right? <laughs> right. And the Bible tells us that at the end of that 10 days, that Daniel and the other guys that did the same thing as Daniel did. Okay. The, this group of guys actually looked stronger, mm-hmm. looked healthier and yeah. looked better than the guys who were over here drinking wine and eating the king's meat. Yeah. yeah. And so these these three we we call them the three Hebrew children and Daniel, but the, these 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 guys, these four mm-hmm. men, all right. Yeah. Um God here's what happens. This next verse tells us this. God blessed them mm-hmm. and he gave them knowledge and he gave them skill and he gave yeah. them wisdom and he gave them understanding. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is this this is what I think is practical for us, Allison. Yeah. Um, you know, we're living in a, in a hostile world as well, but when we follow and we do the right thing mm-hmm. and we do the right thing in the right way, right? I yeah. believe that God gives us all the things that we're so afraid we're not going to get in the moment. He gives yeah. us skill. He gives us understanding. He gives us wisdom. He gives us the ability to be able to, to live in this world broken mm-hmm. as it is and bring him honor and bring him glory and not just do that, but yeah. also build relationships and be a salt and light in the world. He's called mm-hmm. us to live in. Yeah. And, and I just think, duh, how yeah. do we miss this? Yeah, exactly. And I, th- um, there's a, there's a famous actor these days named Neil McDonald. I don't know if you know who he is, but he is, if you've seen a TV show, he's usually the bad guy. Okay. Um, he's got these ice blue eyes. Did you ever, I don't know if you saw walking tall or if you've seen, he's the bad guy in walking tall. He's one of the bad guys in Yellowstone. He's just, he's always a bad guy. He's got these ice blue eyes. He's really blonde. Okay. Um, and he, he made a decision years ago, never, ever, ever to do a sex scene or kiss, a uh, kiss on camera. Anybody who was not his wife. He's been married since he was, uh, since he's been married for 20 oh, I know, years now. I know who he is. I do yeah. know who he is. And I only know who he is now because I, I remember hearing about this. So go ahead. Yeah. This is good. This is good. No, right and, and because he said he made this decision. And mm-hmm. so he can only ever play the bad guy because, you know, what bad, who's going to be in a, in a, you know, in a compromising scene with the, with the, with the villain. And the reason he says, obviously he knows that on screen he's got, I mean, he's gotten a lot of flack for it. He's lost jobs over it. Mm-hmm. And, um, um, 
but at the same time, he's standing firm on it because this is the decision that he's made for forever. And he's, but I feel like the Lord has blessed him because he's been married 20 years. He's got, you know, some, a family, but he can say, you know, I can go home and tell my kids, you know, yeah, I, I shot this guy on screen because we know it's not true. But if I'm actually kissing somebody that actually does happen, you know, it's not like, and so he's, he's made this decision and he's, you know, kind of been blackballed in Hollywood, but he still gets jobs because he's a good, he's a good actor, but he only ever gets jobs, you know, as the bad guy. So he's like, you know, I've embraced it, but it, it, because I can say, I can look at my kids when I go home and, you know, and they know, you know, they know that I didn't really actually perform all those, you know, I didn't kill anybody, whatever. But if I cannot look at my family, I cannot, I cannot look at my wife and think, you know, I just, I, I just kissed somebody else. And I think his, his, he's, he's strong and he's very firm in his faith because he's like, I don't want it. I don't want to deal with my wife after having kissed somebody. And I don't want to deal. And he really did say this. He's like, I don't, I, I have to answer to God. And and so he's been criticized, obviously heavy. And I watched his this Instagram reel of him giving this speech and the, the, the mixture of hate and love in the comments. It's always interesting yeah. because some people are like, you're, you're an idiot. This is such a superstition. This is, you know, who, you know, who cares? Other people are just really um, very, you know, at very, and then other people are super positive about it. They're, you know, oh, this is great. I wish more people were like this, you know, and I've just really, it's just been interesting to see. It's such an exception you know, mm -hmm. to what the industry is. And he yep. knows that, I mean, he knows it, but he made a decision, you know, I'm not saying he's Daniel, I'm not saying, you know, but I'm just saying as an example in society today of what it looks like to make it, you know, and to get, you know, he's like, and this is, so I get the jobs that I get. And it's normally the villain because, you know, I play it pretty well and, and I don't have to worry about, I don't go home and, 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 and worry about what my wife or, or my children or God thinks of me. And that that's mm -hmm. really his attitude. And I think it's because, because that's such a modern day example. And we know that Kirk Cameron is the same way and that he has gotten blackballed. Candace, you know, Candace Bure, uh, those are, those are people who have taken these stands in a society, especially Hollywood, because Hollywood is such a, a concentrated uh, example of where society yeah. is kind of headed that mm -hmm. I think that I think Neil is a really good example of what somebody makes a decision ahead of time and says, no, you know, yeah, yes, I'm not going that far. Yeah. And, you know, I think all of us it, living our faith in action mm -hmm. is, is understanding that there are non-negotiables in our lives. Yeah. yeah. And do you know what those are? Mm. Do you know what those are? Yeah. And, and do you have them in your life? And, you know, if somebody would ask you to sit down right now and give you a piece of paper and a pencil and say, write down 10 non-negotiables in your life, mm. would yeah. you struggle to come up with anything that is not up for sale. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I think for all of us, we ought to have these places in our life where we, it's not, it's not negotiable. This is yeah. places I stand strong and I stand strong for, you know, because I know it's right. I know it's true. Right. I know it's what mm -hmm. I've called. I've been called to it's, it's yeah. what I know God would, I know what God has asked us to do, Yeah. but I stand strong and mm -hmm. I can stand strong and be kind. I yes. can stand strong yes. and show grace. Yes. I can stand strong and uh, show love and be humble. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, and 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 do that in humility. Mm -hmm. um, I can I can stand strong and build relationships with people who I fully understand do not get me at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and that's okay. 
And what I know to be true is if I do what is right, I believe as God blessed Daniel, God has promised, if we walk in obedience, we understand this to be true. Um, you know, John 15 teaches us this as well. Yeah. If I walk in obedience, there's right. promises. Mm -hmm. God says, you know what? You obey, you will find success. You, right. you will, you will be blessed. You will, mm -hmm. but it's disobedience that kind of drags us down this, you know, this, this alleyway of compromise. And then right. we drag, and next thing you know, we find ourselves in the darkness of disobedience. And the next thing we, we find ourselves saturated and our lives are as blurry and as confused and yeah. as messy as the lost world. Mm -hmm. And yet we claim to know Christ. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, well, you know, one of, I love that you said non-negotiables and, and you've probably encountered this already uh, working uh, and, and working in Guatemala. We have definitely since the beginning of, of our ministry here and since trying to do business and trying to do, to buy <laughs> property here, there mm -hmm. have been so many times when we have been offered um, Hey, if you can just, if you bribe, if you That's just right. pay an incentive, if you pay, you know, this guy under the tape, you know, and Gary, yep. Oh, I have to pay this guy. Do I, am I going to get a receipt? Do I turn this into the, and they're like, no, 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 there's no receipt. It's just a, it's just an incentive over the years through all of this. And, and it's funny because now it's at the point where, um, they know in the office, uh, no, they're not, they're never, they're not going to pay a bribe because, and we've even been told by Christian lawyers, we've been told by Christian, uh, tax, uh, tax guys, this is just the way things are done here. And thankfully my husband and my father at the beginning of the ministry is like, that's a non-negotiable. We'll mm -hmm. have to wait. I mean, if we wait years for certain paperwork, we're not going to pay bribes. Mm -hmm. We're not going to do this. We're not going to do that. And, and the amount of Christians that have said, well, that's just kind of the way things are done here, uh, is really disappointing. Um, yeah. but the, but the light, the, the light that, um, surrounds, I feel like when, when we are in a negotiation and then it's almost like it's at, when you get to a point, especially if you've dug into this non-negotiable so much, there is a point where it's a very comfortable place to be because mm. you're, it's, it's just restful. You're like, well, then, then it's, and it, 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 at first it's such a temptation. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm like, well, if that's the sure. way that I, I, it, it's tempting, right? Because you're like, well, we can do oh, so yeah. much more and we can do so much good. Faster. And you know, we just faster. Oh, yeah. get we it can done. do it. We can get it done faster. You know, <laughs> yeah. everybody else is. Yeah. Yeah. But now, I mean, 20 years in, you know, knowing that even when, even when there's certain things, because at, a few years ago, there was some serious questions about certain pieces of property all over the country that were sold by government agencies and because incentives were paid and, mm -hmm. and thankfully it, all of a sudden they were like, well, not them. They, they've never, you know, and, and mm -hmm. I was just really thankful and it does get to a point. So I do, I, I can say from, from, from experience that eventually it takes a while, but eventually when you have this come, when you have this non-negotiable and that, it, that does become a God, I feel like God gives you such a peace and such a strength because you're so rooted in this mm -hmm. biblical principle of, you know, of not stealing from work or not bribing an a, a yep. official or not, you know, not lying about, you know, you get to a point where you're just like, you know, he's taking care of it. And, 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 and now our, our reputation is kind of going ahead of time that no, mm -hmm. people don't even ask because they're like, I, they're not gonna, they're not gonna, they're not gonna do yeah. it. No, absolutely. <laughs> and, and I think all of us, you know, it, it is hard to stand mm -hmm. in a world that, where compromise and 
cutting corners and lying and mm-hmm. cheating and uh, all of these things are just acceptable. Yeah. This is just the way it's done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's difficult when you don't do it that way, especially right. when it doesn't work out in your favor, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, okay, wait a minute. Years. Yeah. Because there's times I think it's easy for us all to say, it seems like yeah. that, that the bad guys are winning. Yeah. And the good guys are losing. And it seems like that the bad guys are, are all the, all every, get every rewarded. Yeah. Yes. All the good things happen for them. Yeah. And the good guys are over here and we're not getting things done. Mm-hmm. And I have to keep reminding myself over and over again, that, that the King that we work for, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. The, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the creator of the universe. He mm-hmm. is not slow. He is not behind. Yeah. He is not everything is according to and and moves along and he can intervene is yeah. anything too hard for god no it is not yeah. at any moment and many times i think in daniel's story is a perfect illustration of this we see all of these things happen at the beginning of the story but yeah. in every single thing god is positioning daniel mm-hmm. into a the a place of authority. He's positioning him into a place of respect. He's positioning him into a place of influence. And, um, and we can't do that ourselves, but if we're consistent in our walk and what we do, and, you know, you you go forward and you read another part of Daniel's story and you'll Mm -hmm. see that he's praying three times a day. And there's this other moment where the decree comes out and says, you know, you can't do that. And Daniel continues to do it. Uh, yeah. You know, you see these three, three guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, um, a same thing, you know, they have to bow and they don't. And, yeah. and you, so you read the, these, these four guys, you read their stories. This is not the last time they're going to come to a place where they're going to have to stand. Yeah. And this is not the last time that they're going to come up against something that I, okay, I can't do this. Yeah. Yeah. I just can't. And I yeah. won't. Um, and we watch them illustrate what it looks like to stand. And yet, honestly, one of the most powerful stories in all of scripture, I think is of course, Daniel and that lion's den. Mm-hmm. And everybody knows that story, you know, that Daniel continues to pray. He's thrown in the lion's den. And I think one of the most powerful moments of that story is that the King himself got up early the next morning mm-hmm. and ran to the pit to see yeah. And he yells down, Daniel, you know, and he cries out, yeah, did, did yeah. your God save you? Yeah. Yeah. Are you still there? Mm-hmm. And Daniel is able to yell up and he says, King, don't be worried. Yeah. I'm still here. God took care of me. And Daniel is lifted up out of that pit. Mm-hmm. And, and there, and, and I'm, I think that boy, does that ever speak to me? Because Daniel's got that kind of relationship with the King. Yeah. He's got this, he, God has put him in these places. And even though he's done what's right, even the King himself is Mm -hmm. like, man, are you going to be, are are you okay? And it's a moment to let the glory of God shine. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, as we wrap up our podcast today, I think it's so important for us to understand that we can be like Daniel yeah, in a, Mm -hmm. in a, in a world that's pagan, in a world that's dark, in a world that doesn't care, in a world that doesn't understand we continually say, you know what, these are our non-negotiables and yeah. we just don't compromise on mm-hmm. these ever. No, right. not for anyone. Um, and we stand strong here. Right. There's other things now that, you know what, that's not as big of a deal. And, right. and, and, but as I move through my world, I mm-hmm. can develop relationships and develop friendships 
and to, and be kind and show grace and show the love of God. And, and what happens, God, through my obedience, mm-hmm. God positions me and he sits me in places I need to be. And he uses my life, um, yeah. even in a place where there's little light at all. And, right. um, and, and I just, I just wonder what would happen if we trusted God enough mm-hmm. to just do what's right. Right. Exactly. What would it look like? What would we look like when, what Mm -hmm. would the world look like as well? I think that's an excellent, I think there's two things. uh, If I were giving out homework, I think Mm -hmm. there are a couple of things that we do need to, to encourage one another to do. I love the idea of just what are for my family, you know, Mm -hmm. because as for me and my house or or for my family, what are the, what are the non-negotiables do, does your family, do they know what they stand on is a, you know, is one of the things, you know, as for me and my house, we're going to church every Sunday. It doesn't matter. You know, I think what, uh, that was one of the things that Raul Hernandez taught us. It doesn't matter what sporting event is happening. It doesn't matter what, you know, what, what, what else is going on. We mm-hmm. are in church and that is a, that is a core value of our family or yeah. we're going to, you know, I think when, when, when Gary and I started, uh, started our marriage, and I mean, super poor, didn't have, I mean, didn't, if you saw how much money we got, I mean, just nothing, there was no money yeah. and, um, and, and some college debt, you know, and, and sure. everything, but, but still, I mean, it was been a non-negotiable since the very first day of our marriage was tithe. And that was one of those things. And those are some Mm -hmm. things that are some non-negotiables, whether it's, you know, whether it's what, what type of entertainment you're watching or what time, Mm -hmm. there are certain things that you can say, okay, these are some things that we do not compromise on. And I think it would be good to have a family conversation, have a conversation, some accountability because Daniel and his three friends, Mm -hmm. so many times it was as some, some, you know, Daniel was alone in the lion's den. They weren't there. You know, but and they, they were, were under- and they were alone. In, well, they weren't alone, but we know right, they, yeah. they went through the fire circumstance without Daniel. Right. Right. You know, and so, but there are times, but they had that they were together at this big, very first test. Mm-hmm. And, and it would be, it was, it would be interesting to know what are some things that, and then find, think of some friends uh, that you have that are not in your circle of belief, you know, mm-hmm. and that are not an are or some, some acquaintances or some people that you're coming in contact on a daily basis. And yeah. maybe you need to change the, how change your kindness meter with, you know, with those people. Oh yeah. And, and our grace meter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, Allison, we both fly a lot and mm-hmm. I I'm constantly, uh, you know, on planes, um, with people and, and, you know, probably the planes are one of the most unique situations, unless you live in a big city where you do public transportation all the time. Yeah. But if you don't live in a big city where you do public transportation all the time, being on a plane is probably one of those unique moments where you're about as close to other strangers for a couple right. hours as you ever will be you know, and then you've got flight attendants and, Mm -hmm. um, it's really cool to me, uh, flying back and forth to Guatemala as often as we do. Sometimes the flight attendants are the same ones. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we'll jump on that flight from Atlanta to Guatemala. And when we get on the plane, there are two flight attendants that we know by first name now. Wow. Yeah. And, um, and the reason we know them by first name is because, well, the first time we got, you know, we started getting on there, um, and you know, they were like, Hey, weren't you here just a couple weeks ago? You know, do you, what do you do? Are you flying to Guatemala a lot, et cetera, et cetera. And, and there's this relationship, uh, and, and I know Elisa who's there a whole lot more than I am mm-hmm. right now. There's a certain, there's a certain man that, that is just, she's just developed a friendship with, he's a flight attendant. Now I can mm-hmm. promise you his belief system is not the same as Lisa's and, 
and it, and he clearly is not going in the same direction in his life as mm-hmm. as a, a follower of Christ would. But instead of that being one of those things, well, he just needs to get his act together or whatnot. Right. What you what you end up finding out is, you know, there there's this conversation and getting to know about him and about his family and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So that this is so funny. So the last time we flew. Lisa and I were together. She booked a ticket at a different time than I did. So we weren't sitting in the same, we weren't sitting at the same place. We were sitting in different seats on the plane. And he walks down to where I'm sitting and turns around. And he goes, hey, thumbs down, squats down in the aisle and says, talk, catch me up. What's going on in your life? What you been yeah. doing? This kind of thing. I turn around, talk to him. And I'm like, hey, Lisa's in the back and uh behind me a couple rows and yeah. he turns around heads back back there mm. lisa said he comes back there squats down in her mm, by in front of yeah. her chair has a conversation with her hey you know i look forward to seeing you guys and you know when we left the plane mm-hmm. you know pats me on the shoulder he said you know you guys are some of my favorite people mm, and wow. okay yeah. wait a minute yeah. this is a flight attendant mm-hmm. okay and and it and it's one of those things where it's like the opportunity yeah not to be weird not to yeah. be like, oh, just, mm-hmm. it just started off just being kind and kind and yeah. being nice and right. be, saying hello. And, yeah. you know, next time you see him say hello again yeah. and, and build up conversation. And so there's just, just opportunities where we live in a world that people are very isolated, mm-hmm. headphones in, yeah, focus on the, on the device. And two and a half hours later, pull it all out and walk off the plane, you know? And I think sometimes we can just look, lift our heads. Yeah. And, and living out our faith and action Mm -hmm. and walking around and looking around and saying, Hey, and watching how God uses those moments in our lives to really, um, let us be light, let us be salt with that. And not, you know what? not one bit of compromise on what we believe or how we believe or any of those kind of things. But, and God gives us the opportunity yes, to share. Yeah. And he has, this has been the unique thing mm-hmm. over time. There's been little openings of doors, opportunities to share our faith. Yeah. And just like, yeah, just like God did for Daniel, it says God gave him favor. God it did. He created it did. these opportunities mm-hmm. and it's, Absolutely. The same, it's the same for you guys. Yeah. So I would encourage you, just as Ellie said, write down your non-negotiables. What are those for you? And then as you move forward in life, show grace, show kindness, mm-hmm. be intentional about having that sweet spirit as you yeah. walk through life. Even if people are cruel, even if people are mean, you know, we can, we can show kindness and grace and keep moving. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can show kindness and grace and invest and yeah. God will let you know when those moments are. Um, but we can do that in a way that draws people to us. Yeah. Like, light what happens when a light turns on on the back porch Mm -hmm. and everything is dark all the bugs head to the light right and we can be like that we can become Mm -hmm. attractive to where people are drawn to the light Mm -hmm. and they're drawn to saying tell me a little bit about because they're you know what they want to know where's that light coming from yeah exactly and i don't have that in my world yeah exactly and and there's god gives us opportunities then Mm -hmm. to 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 share who he is with others in those moments Mm -hmm. so it's not impossible to live our faith in a dark world and we don't have to live in compromise um it it, it, we can do it that i think the daniel way yeah and we can watch god bless us 
absolutely. And that's, that's such an important thing, such an important truth to be rooted in mm-hmm. uh, and in this society. So definitely read, read the first few chapters of Daniel. Yeah. Daniel is also a very, um, what's it called? Uh, a very prophetic book prophetic as well. Book. Mm-hmm. And so I haven't done a study of Daniel, of the prophecy of Daniel, I know the stories and all of the truths yeah. that are in there. So, but definitely read those, you know, read that story and think again, and then contemplate what are your non-negotiables and mm-hmm. how can you better show uh, Christ in your day-to-day walk? Absolutely. Well, thanks for joining us. We're excited to continue the, just living our faith in action. Uh, next week, we'll pick up again and, and share just a, another truth, another principle to kind of build on. And we'll do this for the next couple of weeks as we continue this series. But until then, stay ready to Thank you for listening to Rooted Deep. To learn more about Dare for More Ministries, go to dareformore.org and Look up Mercy Workshop at mercyjewelry.org.